to the Truth In My Days podcast, where we defend the Word of God against the challenges of men. Good afternoon, everyone. Today, we have Dana interviewing John Torse. We're looking at whether Jesus fits the Old Testament view of the Messiah and were there prophecies about him in the Old Testament. We're continuing from last episode today. Hope you enjoy. But Jesus was Joseph's legal son by adoption. So doesn't that make him a descendant of David through Joseph? Scobach says no. He says that there's no indication in the Bible that it's possible to count genealogy through adoption. Uh, by way of illustration, he points out that a priest has to be a descendant of the priestly line from within the tribe of Levi, and there's no indication in the Bible that someone from another tribe adopted by a priest could become a priest simply by adoption. And there's another problem, he says. Even if we would accept that genealogy could be traced via an adoptive father, we see that Joseph's line of descent from David went through a later king of Judah named Jeconiah. So what's the problem with that? According to this fellow, if you check Jeremiah 22, you will find that God cursed Jeconiah, decreeing, thus says the Lord, write this man down as childless, a man who shall not prosper in his days, for none of his descendants shall prosper sitting on the throne of David and ruling any more in Judah. This means, says Stobach, that any descendant of Jeconiah, because of this curse, cannot sit on the throne of David and so is disqualified from being the Messiah. So you see the catch-22 here. If the genealogy through Joseph doesn't count, then Jesus is disqualified. But if it does count, then because Jeconiah is in the list, he's still disqualified. But don't Christian apologists point out that the genealogy of Jesus given in Luke 3 is different from that in Matthew and must be Mary's? And Jesus was a biological son of Mary. And according to this genealogy, she was also a descendant of David. So Jesus should still be a son of David, right? Well, Scoback says no. He claims that there are, in fact, four basic problems with this answer. First, he says there is no evidence that the genealogy given by Luke is actually through Mary. She's not even mentioned in it. Second, he says, even if it is Mary's genealogy, it doesn't count. Because according to the Torah, genealogy can only be traced through the father's line, not through the mother's. And he cites the Numbers 118, where the first census is done, and people declare their ancestry according to their father's houses. Third, he says, even if we do accept that the genealogy in Luke is Mary's, and even if we do accept that it could be traced through the mother, it still doesn't work as, he says, according to the Bible, the Messiah must not only be a descendant of David, but he must descend through David's son Solomon. And for this, he directs us to 2 Samuel 7 and 1 Chronicles 17, 22, and 28. Now, he points out Joseph's genealogy in Matthew 1 does go through Solomon, but the genealogy in Luke 3, Mary's, does not. It goes through another son of David, Nathan. And that might be strike three, but Scobach adds one more. Since the combination of Shealtel and Zerubbabel is found in the genealogy in Luke 3, just as in Matthew 1, he says Mary must also be a descendant of Jeconiah, 
And so her line is also under the curse. And so her children would also be disqualified from being the Messiah. For the Bible, Shaltiel was the son of Jeconiah, and Zerubbabel was his son. And so she must have been a descendant of Jeconiah, and so she is out. Okay, let me see if I understand these claims. Jesus cannot be the Messiah because the Messiah must be an actual descendant of David, and thus a rightful heir to David's throne. But because of the virgin birth, Joseph, who is the descendant of David, is not the actual father of Jesus. Yes, that is the claim. So if we claim that Jesus was nevertheless legal, adopted son of Joseph, it doesn't help because genealogy cannot be passed through adoption. For example, priests must be from the tribe of Levi. Someone adopted by a Levite does not thereby become a priest. Yes, that is what Scobart says. And even if we accept adoption as a means of passing on genealogy, Joseph's line went through Jeconiah was cursed by God so that none of his descendants could ever sit on the throne. Yes. And based on these arguments, Scobach asserts that Jesus therefore cannot claim the messianic lineage through Matthew. What else? Scobach says we cannot appeal to Mary being a descendant of David since there is no reason to believe the genealogy in Luke 3 is hers. Correct. And even if we did accept the Luke 3 genealogy as Mary's, Jewish descent can only be traced through the father, not the mother. Yes. And even if descent could be traced through the mother, Mary is a descent of David's son, Nathan, not Solomon. And the Messiah must be a descendant of Solomon. That is the claim. And even if we did accept the rest, Mary's line also goes through the cursed Jeconiah. So Jesus's messianic lineage through Mary is also ruled out. Yes, that about sums up Scobach's case. It does seem impressive. It seems to me that if Jesus cannot be considered a legitimate descendant of David, that would pose a problem. Do Christian apologists have a good response? I'd say generally no. So if you are willing to wade through some specialized literature on the topic, you may find some good answers scattered here and there. But most popular apologists don't really meet the challenge. The following from a popular, widely used study Bible is typical. On Matthew 1.16, the note in the Bible says, Jesus was not Joseph's literal offspring. The genealogy nonetheless establishes his claim to the throne of David as Joseph's legal heir. But Scobash says that one cannot be an heir to the throne of David by adoption, just as someone adopted into the tribe of Levi cannot thereby become a priest. And what about the problem of the curse on Jeconiah? The study Bible says regarding the first matter, the royal line is passed through Jesus' legal father and his physical descent from David is established by Mary's lineage. Moses himself established precedent for this sort of substitution in Numbers 27, 1 to 11, and Numbers 36, 12. How do these passages bear on this matter? Well, that's, that's a matter of debate, isn't it? The passages concern the daughters of a man named Zelophehad, the son of Hefer. Zelophehad had no sons. And when he died, his five daughters went to Moses and urged that Zelophehad's inheritance should pass to them. Moses consulted with the Lord who said, if a man dies and has no son, 
then you shall cause his inheritance to pass to his daughter. Does that solve the problem? Well, as I said, it's, it's debatable because this, what they're asking about is the land, the father's land to stay with the daughters, to be passed on to the daughters. It doesn't actually address the issue of genealogy. And then there's still the problem of the curse on Jeconiah. Yes. And the curse includes this. Thus says the Lord, write this man down as childless, a man who shall not prosper in his days, for none of his descendants shall prosper sitting on the throne of David and ruling anymore in Judah, as we read before. And that would seem to rule out any of his descendants from being heir to the throne. Uh, the study Bible note here actually says that Jeconiah did have offspring, but he was reckoned childless in the sense that he had no sons who would reign sitting on the throne, which is not really what the curse said, is it? And the curse continued in his descendants down to Joseph. This is the study note again. The curse continued in his descendants down to Joseph, the husband of Mary, and then suggests the problem is solved by the virgin birth. But as we have seen, Scobart says that Mary was also in the cursed line. Now, how do we respond to that? There are apologists who suggest that God rescinded this curse on Jeconiah, but that seems to be a somewhat uh, rather desperate ad hoc bid on their part to get around this problem, because there really is no biblical evidence to support this idea. Now, it is true that in 2 Kings 25, we read that after Jeconiah had been in captivity, now in his 37th year in captivity, a new Babylonian king named Avil Merodach came to the throne, and he released Jeconiah, gave him a seat at his table, so things went better for him at the end. But it doesn't change the fact that he's childless. There's nothing in this that suggests that the curse was actually rescinded. So it is quite a naughty problem. Is there a good solution? Let's review the case first so we know what we're responding to. In sum, this is the case against Jesus' legitimacy as heir. First, because of the virgin birth, Jesus is not a biological descendant of David. Second, genealogy cannot be passed on by adoption, and priesthood was used as an example. Uh, even if it could, Joseph is from the cursed line of Jeconiah, so Joseph is out. We have to go to Mary now, but the appeal to Mary's line fails, as there's no reason to think that genealogy in Luke 3 is hers at all. But even if it were, we're told that genealogy cannot go through the female side. And even if it could, we hear that Mary is a descendant of David's son Nathan, not Solomon, which means she's not of the correct line. And even if all of that were okay, we see that her line also goes through the cursed line of Jeconiah. So Mary is also out. Scobach does seem to have plugged every loophole. So which one is he wrong about? He is wrong on every single one of them. Not just on one, on all of them. Really? I guess that goes to show you can't take people's word for it and have to look into it for yourself. And it does surface the importance of, of elite-level apologetics. You really have to go to the best arguments the other side has and really dig through the facts to give an adequate response. So let's go through the objections one by one and show why they don't hold water. 
Uh, the first objection, as we saw, was that because of the virgin birth, Jesus is not a biological descendant of David. And I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on this one, because even if we would grant this point, he's still a legitimate heir of David, as we'll see. Uh, but do remember this, and don't limit the power of God. John the Baptist in Matthew 3, 9, where he sees Pharisees and Sadducees coming out to his baptism, he says this to them, uh, first warning them to flee from the wrath to come, to bear fruits worthy of repentance. And then he says this, do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Now think about that for a moment. This is even beyond just turning a stone into a human. It would have to turn a stone into a human who's actually got a genealogy going back to Abraham. Now, how can that be? How can that possibly be done? How can stones be turned not into just humans, but into actual children of Abraham? And yet, as John tells us, God can do that. God's power is such that it's, it's completely beyond our ability to grasp. We can grasp only very, very small edges of it. Uh, he can do that. And if he can do that, if he can turn stones into children of Abraham, actual children of Abraham, then he can certainly work it so that the baby miraculously conceived in Mary as a virgin is nevertheless an actual son of David. He can do that. Uh, but as I said, we don't really need to argue this point as it is not necessary to establish that Jesus is indeed a legitimate heir of David's throne. Thank you everyone for listening today. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. But please join us for the next part tomorrow, same time and same place. If you enjoy our content and think this is important material, the best compliment you can pay is by sharing this with your friends and family. This helps us out a lot. Also, if you enjoyed today's program, please like, comment, share, and subscribe to this podcast. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to the Truth In My Days podcast with John Torse. We would love to hear from you. Please feel free to share any questions or comments you may have. You can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, MeWe, and YouTube. Simply search Truth In My Days as one word. Again, Truth In My Days as one word, no spaces in between. And you can connect with us. You may also visit our website for more comprehensive material and to learn more about our ministry. Our website is truthinmydays.com. Thank you. Thank you.